chapter 3, 2 Timothy in chapter 3, and then uh, also uh, page 119 in your, in your uh, study book, <clears throat> page 119 in the book. And uh, we, we started this last week, well, two weeks ago. Um, uh, your relationship with the Word of God. And <clears throat> we talked about it some last week or, or two weeks ago, but I, I cannot overemphasize the importance of us spending time in, in His Word. And uh, we're going to... We're, we're going to be looking at some things this morning. I have, I have a, a handout. Uh, you guys can go ahead and start passing out. But I, I made this handout a long time ago. Uh, th- does it have a date on it? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I did this, this, this handout a long time ago and gave it, gave it out. So I thought it'd be uh, profitable to hand it out again uh, because a lot of you weren't here when I gave this out before. Um, but it is questions to ask of any Bible text. When, <clears throat> when we are studying Scripture, it's important that we, <clears throat> that we do it the proper way. And what I, what I did here is um, the six friends... You know, those of you that took English, do you remember what the six friends are? The six friends. Yeah, who, what, who, what, when, where, and why. Okay? <clears throat> those are the six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and how. And how. Yes, excuse me. Um, so, anyway, I, I made this up. Uh, like I said, several years ago, I can't even remember when I did this, um, but when, we, when I started thinking about getting into this study about the Word of God, I, for some reason, I remember that I had done this. But I want to go through this very quickly because hopefully this will help you in your Bible study. So uh, the first one is who? Uh, who is the writer or the speaker? Um, oftentimes, that is not always obvious. Can somebody give me an example when it would not be obvious? Okay, Hebrews would be a good example. What about the book of Acts? Okay, the Psalms, because David wrote most. The, the Psalms, yeah, the Psalms. Um, um, huh? Genesis. Well, Moses is writing, but Moses was not there. Uh, so he was, he was the penman that God, so God was the author of the book of Genesis. Well, he's the author of the entire Bible, but um, you, you know what I mean. Okay, so anyway, understanding who the writer or the speaker is is really important. Uh, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, sometimes it's one of the Gospel writers and sometimes it's Jesus, right? So, you know, so you, you don't always know. So finding out who that is, uh, who are the readers or the hearers? Who, who is Paul writing to in the book of Philippians? That should be kind of obvious, but exactly, it would be the church of Philippi. But what about in Revelation? 
Okay, the, 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 the seven churches of Revelation <clears throat> where he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Uh, okay, it's the church of layout of the sea. So he's the, 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 the readers or the hearers of the book are believers, not non-believers. So oftentimes, and I've heard preachers, is it, is it warm in here? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I got, <laughs> um, so uh, understanding, because I, I have heard that verse used in the context to the unsaved. Okay. Now, can we, now, now this is important, and, and, and we, we'll get to this. Can we make application to the unsaved? Absolutely, but it wasn't written to the unsaved. So it's 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 important we understand who who that is. Um, C. Uh, who are the characters uh, of the passage? Sometimes there are characters, sometimes there are not. Um, what about Lazarus and, and the rich men? Is that a real story or is that a parable? It's a real story. How do we know it's a real story? Because they have names. Parables don't. Okay? <laughs> Pretty good for a for a sound guy. I mean, you know. <clears throat> okay, but that that's one of the ways you know a parable from a a a a, a real story. Lazarus and the rich men was a real event that really took place. And Jesus was relaying a story that really did happen. Kind of changes the whole context of the story, doesn't it? Okay, uh, D, uh, to whom does it apply today? See, there, there you go. That's the important part. How can, how can we apply this to our lives today? Okay, the what? Number two, what? Uh, uh, is, is there a command to be obeyed? Important. What kind of words tell us th that a, something is a command? Okay, we call them imperatives, but give me exact words. Thou shalt. Okay, that, that would be a big one. Go, do, you know, th those are commands. Um, <clears throat> B is, is, a, is, a, is a big word that we, we, and a lot of these small adjectives are, are not adjectives, um, uh, verbs are, no, uh, a command is a, um, an imperative. And in the Greek, it would be a verb. So an imperative has to be a verb. So the word be can be a verb. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, in English, no, but in Greek. So imperative. So how, how do we know that something is a suggestion? What would be a key word that something would be, a, 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 in, in Scripture, that something would be, uh, 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 optional, if you would. If. May. 
What about choose, choice? Okay? Does not God give us a, a free will to make choices? Okay? So, so these are key, key words that we need to be looking for. Um, uh, B, uh, is there a central lesson or uh, a lesson to be learned or a, a, a lesson or a theme in the verse? Or the passage? Is there a, a central theme or lesson that we need to be, you know, that's a question that you need to ask yourself. Um, a lot of the questions that I get are uh, generally come from the Old Testament. And most of the questions that I get out of the Old Testament have to be, they happen to be prophetic. So what what is the what is the context? What what is going on? What is the the lesson that's being trying that Isaiah or whatever is trying to teach here? Okay, that's something something for you to ask, ask yourself. C, uh, is there a theme in the passage? D, um, what is the con what is the context dealing with? Okay, again, especially with prophetic verses, it, it's really it can become really confusing because is is the writer talking about the the millennial reign? Is he talking about the the, the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ? You know what what is he talking about? Getting the context. What about why is the context, particularly in the New Testament, why is it so important? Right. Okay. Give me. Get, can somebody give me an example in the New Testament where we can we could be confused? Okay. Forgiving your brother seventy times seven. Okay. Is he telling us to keep track? No. Absolutely not. Okay. What I want. I guess what I'm trying to say here is. What about the book of Hebrews? It is in the New Testament, but who is the book of Hebrews written to? Huh? The Hebrews. Okay. He, Paul is writing to the Jews. So a lot of what Paul says in the book of Hebrews applies to the Jewish faith. Does that make sense? So knowing that, and understanding what Paul is saying makes helps make a lot more sense. Yes. Okay, you're gonna have to speak up. Absolutely, absolutely. So, figure out what the context is, because if you don't understand the context, then you're gonna that has that is taking verses out of context has made um, uh, internet preachers rich. Well, yeah, but prosperity gospel pre preachers are getting rich out of taking verses out of context. So get it right. Understand what the, what the uh, context is. Letter E, um, what application can be made uh, in your life today? Again, uh, learning to apply it. If if we're not applying the Word of God, then then we're just educating ourselves for no reason. 
uh, uh, number three, when? <clears throat> Does the historical setting uh, affect either interpretation or application? Okay, give me an example, somebody. Okay, it's, it's uh, does the historical setting affect either the interpretation or application? Okay, okay, well, it can, it, it can actually affect both, yes. Okay, the book of Lamentations. <laughs> okay, um, what, what about, what about um, the book of Proverbs? Understanding who Solomon was, the historical context and what he was writing about, changes a lot of the understanding. And and the same with the book with the Psalms. Exactly. The context and understanding the historical aspect is is critical because. if we don't understand what, what was going on, uh, okay, let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. How many of you were here this morning and heard me say that Paul and Silas could have avoided being beaten? Okay? Okay, then I explained the context of what I meant by that, and that was that the fact that the Roman law said that a, a Roman citizen could not be beaten without a trial. See that is that is exactly trying to figure out the when here. You know what what is the historical context here? So, since I'm reading Right, right, yes. And also, if you look at the Hebrew Christians, right, Hebrew, right. And Hebrew Jews, the Roman law. Right. 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 Exactly. Okay, uh, number, letter, letter B here. Um, uh, when must the command be obeyed? I'm sorry? Always. Always. Well, not always. What if something's prophetic? Okay? You know? But but then you have those, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Yes? Exactly, right. So understanding when. Now, most of the most most commands that I can think of. Now, I could be wrong here, but most commands, uh, imperative verbs, in in Greek, have an emphasis of now. That I can think of. I, I could be wrong on that one. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, uh, letter C. Uh, when will the consequences be realized? 
okay? <laughs> okay, the answer to that is in God's time. Um, but honestly, okay, we are told to go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But what happens if we don't go? Will we, will we necessarily see the result of not going in our lifetime? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. That's in God's hands. Because of this, when will the consequences be realized? So remember Jacob and Esau. Jacob tricked Esau. Jacob tricked his father Isaac. Twenty over twenty years later, well, no, probably about thirty-seven years later, his brothers uh, tricked their father, tricked Jacob into saying that Joseph was dead right. when he wasn't. They had thrown him into the pit and they sold him. Right. So the consequences were 35, 37 years later, Jacob tricked and deceived, and now they've done that to him. Right. And so consequences can be delivered. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, uh, letter D. Uh, is it a temporary idea or an eternal principle? Is everything in Scripture eternal? That's a loaded question. That's a trick question. <laughs> okay, it's eternal because God wrote it. But the promises are not all eternal. Can somebody give me a promise that is not eternal? I can think of a couple. Come on, somebody. What about the rainbow? Is that an eternal promise? No. No, it'll end. Okay. This this world's done. It's done. Okay. Huh? No. No. Salvation is an eternal promise. It has no end. So every so as you look at these things, you need to ask yourself, what about, uh, what about the promise of if, um, I think it was I, uh, I, Isaac, uh, who was it? Was it Abraham? Maybe it was Abraham. God will bless those that bless them and curse them that curse thee. We're talking about the nation of Israel. Okay, is that... Is that... Yeah, it got, yeah, but I can't remember who he... I think he said it to Abraham, though. I, I, anyway, but is that an eternal promise? I, I, I wouldn't think it is. Till the end of the age, you know, till until. Exactly, exactly. So, so you okay? These are just questions you need to ask yourself because not every promise of God is eternal. Okay. What about where? Uh, in, in what realm, heaven or earth, uh, can the message be applied? 
Okay. Uh, one of the one of the big mistakes that a lot of cults make is that they make the heavenly promises eternal or, or earthly. You can't do that. You gotta you gotta know you gotta know where it's taking place. Um, does the location of the event affect interpretation or application? Again, that's just something something you have to ask yourself. Um, does it have local or universal meaning? Okay, uh, can somebody give me an example of this one? This is really popular today, by the way. Huh? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no! This is a big. This is a big. What? Oh, I'm not gonna talk about that. Um. <laughs> Uh, there, there's a there's a huge theological argument going on right now in in the world in Christendom today. And that is the local church versus the universal church. <laughs> NATO for churches. I like that. <laughs> okay, what is the difference? Okay, when when Christ when Christ at the rapture takes away the church, is that would that it would would that not represent the the universal church? Okay, when we're all gathered. Okay, but what but what about now? We have local churches, and there's a there's a big theological argument right now because there you know the the, the word local is never used. So they are, they're applying the principles of the local church to the universal church. I personally believe it's Satan paving way for the one world church. Or Well, but it's, yeah, exactly. So anyway, so <clears throat> big, big argument. So what do you want me to talk about? Okay, I... Okay, okay, in in a lot of Baptist churches, there is a... And Pentecostal. Yeah, and Pentecostal. Um, I, I, I even think it's in the um, uh, Jehovah's Witness Church, too, I think. I could be wrong. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, there's a lot of argument about women should wear pants or not. So, tell me... What the Bible says about it. Okay, okay, okay. That 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 which pertaineth. Okay, that, a woman should not wear that which pertaineth to a man. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, okay. Nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture does it talk about specifically women wearing pants or not because it's never, it's never, it's never mentioned. The, the closest thing is that verse. Do you remember which verse it is? Come on, guys. Find it. Find it. Okay, what, what, what was it in Deuteronomy? 
22.5, okay. Boy, it took you guys long enough. Man. Okay, 22, verse 5. Okay, this is this is what it says. It says, uh, the woman, sh- and, and what, is, okay, what is the book of Deuteronomy? The law, okay? So it says, um, uh, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on women's garment, uh, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. So what does that mean? <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's a big stretch. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. What did what did what did men wear back then? Did they did they wear a suit and tie? No. Okay, they wore cloaks. I I have no idea the purpose. I have no idea the purpose of it. Okay, so they wore cloaks. Okay, what did women wear? Cloaks. Yes. Okay. So, as we said earlier, this goes back to context. The context, you have to look at the whole chapter one, which was the law. But if you go down to um, verse 11, and he's now addressing men, thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. If the if people today that get on women wearing pants, they need to apply that equally. The majority of men's suits are woolen silk or wool and cotton. Polyester. polyester. Right. So that would be a guess. Right. So so. Well, okay. The but the point is this: if men wore cloaks and women wore cloaks then what what's the issue okay it, it could be it could be it, it could be there there had to have been and I think this goes back to what Pete was saying there had to have been something that identified men's clothing from women's clothing okay so what what that was Okay, what that was is not identified here. And anybody who says they know, they don't know. They're only speculating. So the, the question is, should, in our society, is there a difference between women's clothing and men's clothing? Absolutely there is. So what's the issue? That's that's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. Yes. Well, the question is, 
Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a single guy asking that question. <laughs> okay. Um. The. Well, I thought I did. I didn't. Okay. Okay, right. Right. It, 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 I, I, okay, let me put it to you this way. It isn't so much what you wear as how you wear it. Does, does that make sense? You know, I, I have never been a fan of men wearing V-neck T-shirts, okay? Is there anything wrong with a V-neck T-shirt? I don't think so. I, I just don't because I think it's a little on the uh, feminist side. That's just my opinion. So I don't, I don't wear them. It, it, isn't, it isn't what we wear, it's how we wear it. And we can be... We can wear our clothing in such a way that <clears throat> we can attract the eyes of people to ourselves, or we can dress in such a way that we don't do that, and we can actually, I believe, we can dress in such a way that it glorifies God. I, I've shared this before. Uh, I, I never come to church. At least I don't think I have ever come to church in the last 12 years that I don't pray about what to wear. This morning, I asked God, okay, God, what, what, what suit do you want me to wear? And, and God just put it in my heart to wear, to wear. And I even prayed, okay, well, what tie? You know, why? Because I don't want people to sit there and, and think, wow, he really looks good today. That's not my, that's not my goal. My goal is to... to to wear something that is well-pleasing to him. And hopefully, that's how we should always dress, not just on Sundays. I I try to. I'm I'm not as successful during the week if I'm working on my wife's washing machine. I really don't care what I'm wearing. But if I'm going out... Huh? Old clothes. Old clothes, yes. (laughs) But if... But if I'm if I'm going out to make a church visit, or if I'm going out into public, or, you know something, I I try always to pray about. Okay, God, what what do you want me to wear? You know, because my favorite color is green, and I like green shirts, and my wife hates green shirts. But I like green shirts. But if I'm going to visit somebody who hates green, and I don't know it, and the whole time I'm trying to talk to them about the Lord, they're thinking, man, that's an ugly shirt. You know, but if I can pray and ask God, hey, what do you want me to wear? 
And if I, oh, okay, I'll wear the blue shirt. What am I doing? I'm, I'm doing my best to honor him through my dress. And, and if we as men and women do that, then it, to me it answers the question. Or it takes care of the problem, I guess you would say. Any, any other, any other, yes, ma'am. Oh, absolutely. It's more so for ladies, uh, or it's more, I guess, women think about it more than I think the average man does. And the way that you dress communicates uh, certain things about yourself, how you feel about yourself, your your values, uh, how you value yourself. I mean, there's all kinds of things, whether or not you're available. I mean, if you're, well, if you want to go there. <laughs> I found out something interesting about women I didn't know. My wife told me this in the last couple of years, that primarily women dress to please other women. Most women dress because they want other women to think they look good, not for other men, other than their man. Yeah. You know, they'll dress for their man, but not men. They generally dress because of the women's comparison thing. They will dress to. I didn't know that. Doesn't make sense to me, but you know, I, hey, I'm finding a pair of blue jeans and a t-shirt 24/7. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Those of you that are watching online, we were talking about contact. So. Um, uh, oh, to, to Brandon's question, D- did you find the verse? Where is it? First, First Corinthians 13. Okay, I was going to say there is no. Okay. Okay, all right, so what, what is the context of what is th- this passage? What is the context? What is, what's going on? Okay, Paul's, Paul's talking or writing a letter to the church at Corinth, okay? So what, what is the context of, of, of chapter 14? How do you find the context generally? Okay. Well, I usually I usually start reading verses backwards. Okay? So what is what is the context here? Okay, it's talking about spiritual gifts in the church that God has given. Right? Okay. So uh uh, he, yeah, he's talking about tongues. And uh, verse 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, 
as in all churches of the saints. Then he says, and let, let your women keep silent in church, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, uh, <clears throat> but they are commanded uh, to be uh, under obedience, as also saith the law. So does that mean that women have no voice in, in church? Huh? Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Anybody else? Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's more of a traditional thing, yeah. Okay. Anybody else? So what's the context? Spiritual gifts, right? Okay. Okay, so does, so does this mean that women are not given spiritual gifts? Okay, let me tell you this. I was sitting in a business meeting one time. Melanie and I were in a, in a business meeting. And <clears throat> there was a lady, a single, uh, a widower, uh, sitting next to me. And, and it was a business meeting uh, going on. I, I forget what we were doing at the church, but we were doing something. And she had a question. So she, she took this verse exactly the way it's written. And she, she, she bumped me. And she said, can you ask this question? So I stood up in the business meeting and say, um, on behalf of, I forget who it was, but on the behalf of Mrs. So-and-so, I'm asking this question. She would like to know blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> was she wrong? Talk to me. Okay. Okay. So, so is her is her is her question not a legitimate question? It, it is a very legitimate question. Is she she's putting money into the church like everybody else? She's a member. She's got a voice just like everybody else. So, what is this talking about? Okay. One of the things, and I, I don't. I don't know that I have it on here. Uh, yeah, I don't think I do. How oftentimes, how do you answer questions in Scripture? With Scripture, with other with other portions of Scripture, 
So when, when, a, when, a, when a verse like this is vague and we don't always know the absolute answer to the question, what do we do? We go to other parts of Scripture where it is mentioned and we use those as comparisons and we then, then we can draw our conclusions. Melanie just said it is mentioned in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy what? 1 Timothy chapter 2. Turn over there. Exactly. So in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12, um, it says. Oh, oh, 11. Uh, it is a faithful saying for if. Oh, I'm in 2 Timothy. Excuse me. Um, okay. Let a woman learn in silence with all subjection. Uh, but I suffer not a woman to, to teach nor to usurp authority over, over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. The, the, okay. Uh, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the, uh, uh, in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved uh, in, in childbearing uh, if they continue in faith and charity and in holiness with sobriety. So what is, okay, we take all this together with the passage in 1 Corinthians. What, what is the conclusion? Yes. Okay, exactly, exactly. So, so what is what is then the conclusion then? It's a bigger subject we need to study out and teach a whole message. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it probably wouldn't hurt, but but for right now, what is what is the conclusion that we can draw? Okay, it is within the within the local church, women are not supposed to usurp authority over men. Why is that? Well, the, other than the fact the Bible says so, huh? Okay, that's what that's 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 what I. Well, okay. Let, let me put it to you this way: God made women to be emotional. Okay, it, it, it is a proven fact. I'm not I'm not being ugly. It's just women tend to be more emotional. They think emotional. They react emotional. Men tend not to be emotional, thus making more decisions based on fact than emotion. And that's and that's why that's why men and women temper each other. It doesn't say a woman's voice is not important, but why is it so important? We understand that it is that a woman should not usurp authority over a man in the church. Right. Okay. Right. Um, 
I, I, I lost it. I, I, I can't. I don't know. Uh, anyway, yes, sir. Okay. In the local church. So instead of having a hundred people talking, if they're married, uh, you know, you would have the, the man and the woman are, uh, one of them needs to speak for the both of them. Okay. Okay, who is the head of the house? The man is. Why is that? Because the Bible says so. Okay. <laughs> okay. As Christ is the head of the church. You, you see the pattern that God has set forth for us? I, I you know, um, I, I, I just had it again and it, I lost it. Anyway, I'll look for it. Um, we're not even going to get to the Bible study. Right. Right. But this is not right. format. Right. And you, Pastor, the under shepherd, set up the format. So I did. I did. Yes, sir. No, I was thinking of something else, but but that would that would definitely that would definitely I want to say what I was thinking was in Ephesians, but I, I can't. I'm just drawing a blank. Yes, ma'am. Right. Right. I, I think my personal opinion is those are churches that are trying to be politically correct mm-hmm. instead of biblically correct. Now, can a woman teach? A- absolutely. Can 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 a woman? I I you know. My wife is literally a hundred times smarter than I am. And I, I'm not just saying that. I really mean that. She is very smart. She teaches me stuff all the time. But in the context of the local church, for whatever reason, God has said men are to do the teaching. It is it is the men's responsibility. I... I Yeah, the preaching teacher, right, right, right. Because it does say that the older women in the church are to teach the young. Yeah, absolutely. Women, women teach women all the time in, in scripture. <clears throat> so, so the, to answer your original question, I think it, you have to understand the whole context of what is being said in other parts of scripture as well, in order to be answered that question. Well, but see, see, you got to understand when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, there was a lot of conflict within the church. There, there, there was a lot of, and, and if you read 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, 
the, the, the women in the church were causing a lot of trouble. I'm just saying, that's it's fact. You can read it. And, and I, I think, in a sense, Paul was trying to squash a lot of that. I, I don't know, but I, I, that's my opinion. Oh, absolutely it was different, yeah. So we need to hurry. So let's, uh, let's talk about the why. Uh, uh, did I forget where? I thought I did. Okay, the why. Uh, how can this passage uh, be applied uh, to me or others? Uh, constantly be asking yourself that question. How can this be applied to me? Um, uh, what motives should, be, uh, uh, should accompany obedience? Should I do it? Okay. Um, get, give me, I, I, can, I can think of several, but give me an example of a, a, a an action that can be done wrong. Tithing. Tithing. That was the one I thought of right off the top of my head. Okay, we can give for the wrong reason. We can give so that we can get. Or we can give because we want to serve God. Or we can give out of guilt. How else can we give? Obligation. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of wrong ways, and there's there's only one right way. Cheerfully, with a with a cheerful heart. So so, ask yourself the motivation of why I want to accomplish this certain act. Um, the next one, uh, what consequences will accompany uh, uh, obedience or disobedience? Okay, we'll go back to the giving thing. <clears throat> what are what are some of the um, uh, consequences of uh, o- obedience? Blessings. Okay, God will bless your finances. He'll bless your home. He'll give you peace in your heart. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of consequences that come with obedience. What are what are some of the consequences of disobedience? okay i i love in the old testament the the example of the bag with holes they have they put their money in bags with holes i want to say is is it jeremiah no not jeremiah anyway but i can't remember where but anyway i i love that that's what i that's the picture i get in my head People that don't tithe are constantly putting all their money in bags with holes, and it's just going. Another one Okay, quickly, on how? We only have two on this one. Uh, if it is a command, by what means can it be obeyed? Okay. Huh? It's a okay. Be ye holy, for I am holy. That is a command. And I have people tell me often that's impossible. Can, has God ever given us a command 
that we cannot fulfill. No. So it is possible. So how, how do you accomplish it? By being more like Christ. Walking with Him every day. Will you be holy tomorrow? No. But maybe down the road, that's the goal. More today than, than yesterday. Do you know it? <laughs> That's not the one you're thinking of. Verse 11. Oh. Okay, well, we're, we're almost out of time. So the, the last one, what power or resources are available? Uh, okay, what is it? 10.13, what is it? Okay, question. <clears throat> People say all the time, God will never give you more than you can handle. Is that, is that true? No, it's not true. <laughs> Through him. See, and that's where, that's where we have to get in our lives is, is looking up, looking up. Okay, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord.